Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Actual Dude podcast. We are in the middle of a uh, worldwide pandemic right now. Coronavirus, Tecate virus, Margarita virus, COVID-19 has struck everywhere. And as a result of this sickness and everyone being down with it, apparently, um, lots of people are out of work, and I am one of them. Um, my name is Davey Muse, and I am in, currently an out-of-work touring musician and mental health motivational youth speaker. And I guess my whole life is talking and saying words, whether I'm singing them or screaming them or saying them uh, calmly to students. Um, my whole life is connection. My whole life is words. And at a time like this, I feel very at a loss Um for that connection. I'm not able to fly. I'm not able to go to different states or cities or anything like that. And um, I realized very quickly that all of us are in the same giant crappy cruise boat. Um, You know what I mean? We're all in the same sort of uh, vibe right now. So in order to not go completely insane and also still stay connected with people that I love around the country and around the world, um, I kind of wanted to give a platform to a lot of people I know that are kind of doing the same thing I am and just trying to find outlets. Um, and I also, you know, if you know anything about me, I, I really feel like sharing your story and sharing who you are and sharing what's going on in your life really just helps humans connect and cope and kind of pull through together. And I think that, um, you know, it might sound corny and I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to say it might sound corny a lot during this podcast. I'm kind of a corny guy. Um, but, um, now's the time for us to not be silent. Now's the time for us to speak up. Now's the time for us to get creative, to continue to write music and put it out, to continue to make art and content and everything else. Um, so this is it. This is my, um, approach and stab at this. Um, it's something I was planning on doing anyways and lining things up. Um, but I'm definitely a person that, you know, a lot of times I line these things up and I plan all these things out and I get the branding done and everything else. And then sometimes I just, it it doesn't happen or, or whatever, something gets in the way. And now that there's nothing in the way currently um, to do this, I'm just going to do it. So this is myself calling myself out and doing this. So um, welcome to uh, my podcast. Um, I wanted to start this first uh, episode um, off with um, one of my best friends in the entire world and someone I'm really comfortable with you know, chatting on the phone several hours. Um, I mentioned this in the podcast, but, um, you know, we, this won't be the last conversation we have in the next coming months that'll last an hour. Um, this one just got recorded. Um, and kind of what I pulled out of this, um, whole thing was that, um, you know, now more than ever, it's just always time to stick to who you are stick to what you do and stick to what you love and not have to compromise that. Um, you know, we have a lot of time right now, um, as a, as a nation, as a world, as a people to, you know, pursue the things that you love as long as the things that you love aren't leaving your house and coming in contact with humans. Um, but, uh, every creative person, every, you know, person in some sort of your job that's out has to continue on. And um, during my chat with Ethan from Great American Ghost, um, we kind of reminisced on old times. Um, him and I go back years, 13 years, 14 years. Um, and we kind of, 
you know, came to the conclusion without really saying it, that what led us to the place that we are now is that we just always didn't want to compromise what we wanted to do um, for anybody else, really. Um, and sometimes we, we lost because of that. Um, but in the end, you know, you always kind of win. So um, I kind of pulled that like really cool thing out of this conversation. And I think in each one of these conversations I'm going to be having, I'm going to try to pull something out of each one. And this podcast will evolve and change and grow uh, just like anything else. But more importantly than anything else, I hope that it finds your ears well while you're sitting around doing nothing. Um, and depending on when you listen to this, it could be years from now. And maybe we figured this whole thing out or maybe everyone is dead. So either way, um, welcome to my actual dude podcast. And this is episode one with Ethan Harrison from Great American Ghosts. So hello and welcome. Uh, today I have with me, uh, you might know him as the lead singer of Great American Ghost. Uh, but I know him as a 17-year-old kid who walked into my work when I was working at Journeys and asked me to join his band uh, like 13 years ago. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, Ethan Harrison. Hi. Yeah, that, that Hi. was a good. That was a good intro. That is. That's me. I've been thinking about that intro because every time I talk to someone, I always try to think about like <laughs> when did this person stroll into my life? Um, I literally strolled into your life. Straight up, we. I met you. Uh, my old band had broken up, and I'd started going to the metalcore and hardcore scene was kind of divided in New England for a little while. Um, so uh, I started going to uh, metalcore shows um, to go see your band play. Actually, um, yeah, and I and, got hit with a shoe at that show. Yeah, it makes sense. That definitely makes sense. When we were like kind of merging our friend groups, it was very like <laughs> it was, it it was contentious. Yes, yeah. that you could feel the that you could feel the tension in the air at shows, but it eventually like kind of like ended up evening out. And I, I remember saying to you, um, your band's awesome. You should kick your singer out and let me sing in your band. Yeah. Uh, and then you literally walked into my work and said, like, hey, when's your break? Something like that. Like, can we talk? And I said, are you going to kick the singer out of your band and let me join? And you said, yeah, actually. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Which is which is pretty much characterized the history of me being in bands and working in the music industry. That that statement right there pretty much like exemplifies my career in the music industry. Like, are you going to kick this dude out? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And then I, yeah, do, I am. And you're in now. And then I do the thing that I said I was yeah. going to do, even yeah, though it's, it's probably a, a either a great idea or a terrible idea. It doesn't really matter. I think it's something that me and you have been doing is joining bands, cannibalizing them, and making them new bands. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes you get people like you know, like uh, you know, you did it with Longshot. You joined Longshot and eventually kind of cycled through so many you know like members obviously that it became something else and you were like yeah this is called great american ghost now it's yeah different. It's, you know what i mean yeah so yeah so for the people who have no fucking idea what we're talking about i was in a band right. called i was in a band called long shot and i yes. literally had never done vocals before and they put up that they needed a vocalist i knew them vaguely from like doing security at our like local venue which i was terrible at doing by the way terrible and uh, yeah so I went and I was like, I saw that they needed vocals. I had never done vocals before in my whole life. And I was like, I think I could probably just do that. And that is such <laughs> a funny, which is such a funny statement because we had just been in our lives together and I tried to do vocals in our lives and they were terrible. 
yeah, they didn't work out for you. No, um, they were. And, and to be fair, you know, when we were in Always and Forever, the first band that we were in together, I remember like we had all these parts in the studio that you would do, and you're like, I'm not going to do any of this live. I'm not doing any of this. I hate this. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's funny that, like, yeah, it's funny that you eventually, like, I mean, for me, you know, you were on tour with Vanna for years. Um, and for me, you know, you constantly talking about your vision. I mean, you've always been a front man. You just hid behind like a bass for a little while. <laughs> that I wasn't I mean? very good at playing. Yeah, which I feel like bass, no no insults to bass players, but I feel like if you're going to hide behind an instrument, mm. bass is probably the one to do it. Oh yeah, no, I've I've uh I definitely made a I made a career briefly out of that. So yeah, no. I but I uh yeah, I joined a band called Longshot and then I was like I came to the conclusion that it's actually funny. I joined it specifically just so that I could play your vanna's valentine's day massacre show yeah 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 i was like i have to be in the band by this time and they're like oh okay <laughs> and then i played like 30 shows with them probably and realized that it wasn't gonna go anywhere like i just realized right. that it was like it wasn't good enough and then i was like hey one guitar player that like i'm closest with I was like, let's go do this other thing. And then I just like grabbed a bunch of people from bands that were definitely bands at the time. I just stole them. Yeah. And course. then I started, I started Great American Ghost, which is a band name that I made up while we were, uh, this is like, we're dead and we're straight into deep cuts. So if anybody, this for anybody listening, about. this is a fucking history lesson. When we used to clean apartments, when I worked for Vanna, oh yeah, yes, us, right. us, four years strong, and by four years strong, I mean just their crew, like John Rapetto and fucking, uh, yeah, the four year crew, yeah, and then uh, therefore I am and us and uh, like a, so there like a, a few lost for words members sprinkled in there yeah, yeah. throughout the, the time. We would just go sure. into like we would go into these like apartments in Alston, Massachusetts, where like kids had lived for their freshman year of like college and we would be responsible for like cleaning them, but also like moving the kids out and shit. And it was very, which weird. sounds, which is as terrible as it actually sounds like whatever you're imagining multiply it's that. So that bad. was like, it was amazing. I mean, these are, these are jobs that you're doing in between trying to be on tour and you'll literally just do anything for a buck. So you're like, yeah, fine, it sucked. And Travis from ghost thrower, Travis from there, yes. I am was like, I'm going to start a band called Ghost Horror. And I said, that's a shitty name for a band. You should call it Great American Ghost. And then that was, I just was like, I'm going to keep that. And then I kept it yeah. for like eight fucking years and started Great American Ghost eight years later. I remember we uh, we kept on joking about that Great American Ghost was going to be our over it old yeah. guy, <laughs> a gaslight anthem yeah. punk rock band. Yeah, which um, it's still going to be, which I'm still moving towards. <laughs> We'll see. you'll get out of you'll get out of like metal and black metal and just slowly more move the band towards radio friendly like yeah like new jersey blues it's gonna rock. sound like the clash eventually yeah yeah no i mean everything's a progression once right, nico so. quits i <laughs> yeah nico, once once, once i once i uh, i stress nico out enough that he like quits because i'm like we should all wear denim and then i'm like we should all play gibson's he's gonna be like i'm fucking out and then i'm gonna yeah, be like, he's out of here dude yeah his headstock needs to be a triangle and he needs to be wearing sweatpants at all times so he's not gonna be <laughs> yeah his yeah his headstock has to be sharp and yeah there has at to all be, times. his action has to be low you know i don't know what that means yeah but that sounds That's like something. something he'd say so 
Yeah. So kind of like the kind of, uh, you know, speed things up from our history lesson that we gave everyone that, by the way, no one asked for or cared about. <laughs> um, no. You, uh, you know, you're full-time touring in Great American Ghost. Y'all just released a brand new record a month. Has it been a month? It's been, yeah, it's like a month and four days. Nice. Very nice. Happy anniversary um, yeah. of a month. So, I mean, I've been, I've been kind of, I've had the privilege of being, uh, you know, one of your best friends and getting the inside scoop since day one. But um, so I got to kind of watch this record come together since the beginning. Um, and the something that you said to me a while ago that kind of stuck out to me, which I kept as a theme as through the whole thing is that um, you were like, you know, Great American Ghost has done a lot of music. You've been in a lot of different kind of bands and um, you know, it just, it felt like you kind of wanted to be, in the band that you wish you could go see and listen to it like and you just had this vision where you just weren't going to compromise it for whatever everyone thought you should be uh which is really cool um i thought it was a really interesting thing that you're just like yeah we're just going to do this record and be the you know whatever you call it whatever i remember we talked about different like genres power metal and black metal and metal chord or what you just didn't care you just said that you didn't want to compromise this record for anything that you don't want to be um, which is like such a cool statement, especially for a band that, um, you know, I feel like your last release um, put you on the map for sure. I mean, I definitely think that last release was like something that where people started paying attention outside of New England. Thank you. Um, and now, and now with this record, it's like, you know, you, the, you were, you were in Europe uh, doing never say die just to like crowds of people not compromising what you wanted to do. And I think that from, you know, seeing the inception of what you guys were doing in demos and then being a month out, I think, I think so far mission accomplished, but I kind of want to hear it from you of like what you think from, from beginning to one month now, like where, where are you at? Um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really what it was. I mean, you, you crystallize it. Um, it's really difficult because I mean, you know this, but um, Vanna was like, you know, Vanna and Great American Ghost and everybody, y you got to start at the bottom, obviously. So when you're at the bottom, the only thing that you can think of is getting up. And so right. a lot of the times you entertain the idea of doing a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally do to get there. Like you just like, right. it's, it's a difficult um, dichotomy between like what you want to do and what you think you should do. And there's, a, there's, yeah, a, I feel like you have to, and do. there's a million people telling you what they think you should do. Like, you know, there's always a ton of people telling you what they think you should do. So hatred was, um, it's definitely a record. It's definitely a great American ghost record, but it's like, for sure. It's, it was never, it was never right. Like it was never what we really wanted to be. And, and Nico and I never felt like it was, exactly how we needed to be and the band we wanted to be. And, you know, like I have a certain, I have certain like things about bands that I like, and he has certain things about bands that he likes. And so it was kind of like, none of those things were really shown on hatred. It felt kind of like hatred was um, us writing a record that we, we liked, but also writing a record that we hoped everyone liked. And that's like the safety. Record, yeah. And really. that's, and, but you don't even realize you're doing it really, but you're, you're sure. still, you're still doing it. But, Right. But then, you know, we toured and uh, we did a lot of stuff. And I mean, you know, this, you know, same as I do. It's like, a, you know, like 85 percent of the conversations that you have when you're in the music industry 
uh, result in a no. Like they almost always are oh, like yeah. you being told to go, you know, go screw basically. And so yeah, that is really tiring on your psyche. It's like, it's really difficult to get through that. And I'm not, you know, complaining because I have the best job in the world, but it's, it's difficult because you're just like, you hear no on a constant basis. And then when you hear yes, you're like, you're still just thinking about the no's or you're thinking about the next yes that you need. So all of that stuff kind of made us, formed us into this, you know, this like group where, especially Nico and I who write everything, we kind of turned into this like, when we got to Will's, it was kind of like, well, fuck this. And it was, and, yeah. and that's how I am. I mean, you know that. Like, it's, that's how I am. Yes, that's, that is, put that on your team. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, you know, I'm like, I, I do everything out of spite. So like, it, but it just happened to be that when we made Power Through Terror, it was probably the most spiteful I'd ever felt about the music industry itself. And so, you know, when we got there and we started working through the songs, it was kind of like Will would straight up, I mean, Will Putney produced the record. So Will would straight up be like, I don't know what this is. And not in a bad way. He would just be like, I don't know what you're supposed to be here. But like, right. whatever you're doing, this is, you should keep doing it. And that was like, that was very reassuring. We had had a lot of like, yeah, we had, that, had a lot of. That must strife. be cool. That must be cool. Yeah, it's, to hear from Will. Will, who's done like you know everybody's everything in the last you know five ten years. Yeah, he's the priest. Uh, him, him be like, like I'm of metalcore right now. He's like the. He's yeah, the, dude, he's the, he's the grandfather, yeah. dude. So for him to be like, I'm kind of stumped on what this is, but like just keep doing right. it. That's right. This good. is a guy that can literally quote you, <laughs> Elysia lyrics from like 2007, oh, because he literally will be like. You know, I, I remember I wrote some lyrics and he was like, that's from Elysia, this song. And I'm like, who the fuck? How do you cares? know that? And I was literally like, who fucking cares? <laughs> and he's like, I, he's like, well, you know how he is. He's like, he's like, well, if you want to, you know, be unoriginal, I guess you can just do that. And I'm like, fuck you. Fine. Oh. So no, no one, no one can infuriate <laughs> like a 25 year old human being more than Will Putney. I'll tell he's you made right a career now. out of it. But like, he's made a career. but, but he, but he's, but you know what? At the end of the day, he's always but he's right. right. Because uh, he, it's like he can, it's like he has, uh, he has foresight. You know, he's like an X Men, but the only thing he can see is like YouTube comments. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yes, could tell yes, that there sure. was going to be a kid. It was like this is Elysia from 2007, which he's right. There definitely would be. Yeah. But when we got there, there and we... into the studio, we kind of figured out quickly that we were like, well, I mean, you know, again, like fuck this. Like, I was just like, I'm just going to write yeah. a record that I want to write, and will and. Nico was like, I'm going to write whatever the fuck I want. And it got to the point where it was like, I'm going to sing here. And Will was like, if you can sing this part, then sing it. And I was like, I was like all right. Sorry, my dog's No, your dog's it. awesome. Um, yeah, he was just like, if you can sing it, then sing it. And I was like, all right. And I sang it. And then he was like, you should do that more. And it was like that easy. It was like, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we feel like doing whenever we feel like doing it. And I don't care. If anybody likes it, which is a really scary statement that my label would hate hearing. But like, I didn't think about if anyone would like it until we were listening to playback at the end of the recording. Right. Which is what you said to me. Like every time you sent me a demo, I would, you know, obviously, you know, me and you have been doing this for years. We, we, since we weren't in a band together, we've been sending each other our songs being like, don't lie. And, you know, through the entire time I was giving you feedback, you were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not going to, I'm just going <laughs> to, like the whole time you like, you didn't really want it. 
you were like, thank you. I appreciate you. But like, I literally just, I don't know. I'm just going to get yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because we were getting awesome. such positive feedback, like from you and then from like Carl, who is our, our label rep. And he like, obviously, and you know, <clears throat> Will Putney is the proprietor of fucking Metalcore. Then, you know, Carl is the godfather, the, the grandfather, because Ferret Records released every Metalcore record that you love. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl would. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Will Put- Putney wants to say something, uh, Carl's like, hold my right. Yeah, Carl, uh, I got yeah, it, whatever he's quoting, Carl probably released it. And it's it's funny. Sometimes I have like conversations with Carl, and I, I'll like talk shit about like an old band that I hated when I was young, and he'll be like, I put that record out. I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, you put every you right. put all the records out. But he was yeah. telling us like he was getting daily shit, and he'd be like, this is the best stuff you've ever done. And I'd be like, ah, I'd be like, ah, you know, yeah, whatever, get away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't talk to me don't yeah to me. and it was uh but it was it was kind of freeing because now it's like i don't know we're getting cool reviews and people seem to be okay with it yeah and that's yeah dude, that's you, know, dope. you know what's cool is that like we were talking about this you know the whole time the records you know coming out and all this other stuff and like there's just certain things that i know from my career that i'm like this is it like this is the this is a moment where you start doing all the things you've never done before you start doing like you know radio spots you start doing like ads for people who are going to be playing your music you start like these interviews pop up and i and you know i, I watched you you know do a million podcasts a million and, fucking podcasts uh, just yeah and like um you know and like you know all these interviews and Kerrang and like the uk and europe are doing really well for you and like you know since the release you're doing all the things and i just kind of hear like every time i see it i'm smiling because i'm like Oh, and I know what comes next. And I know what comes next, you know? Um, and it, it kind of doesn't really matter the genre or, or, or whatever. It's like there's these milestones that you start making in your career that are very cool. So I kind of, I was wondering for you, what is a new milestone that you're like, huh, that's never happened before? Whether it was big or just personal to you, like what, I know there's going to be something that you're like, oh, cool. That's never, literally, I've never experienced that with my musical career. Yeah, before. Um I think that it happens like every, well, all right, this one, this one was actually big. Uh, we got a hundred thousand plays on, on the video for Alter of Snakes um, for the, within like a couple weeks of it being released, like a week, I think, or something. It was like 10 days or something. I don't fucking care. But like, <clears throat> you know, just like, I've never had that. I've never had that. Level yeah the fact the fact that that many people the fact that that many people are watching this piece of art that you made with you know your best friends in you know manchester new hampshire uh like the fact that that many people are viewing it and are like knowledgeable yeah. about you know and i mean that that number represents people who like watch the entire video so what people that watch most yeah. or whatever it's like uh it's crazy to think like okay wow i'm just like I'm just a kid that used to, you know, sell tickets to play with heavy, heavy Lolo <laughs> yeah. uh, in a in a VFW hall, and I'm actually doing the thing because, like you said before, you sometimes you just you, you do these things that the industry wants you to do, and you know you think you have to do whatever. You have management and agents, all this stuff, and sometimes you forget to sit back and go, uh, "Hey, guys, by the way, holy crap, we are actually doing the thing that we've wanted to do since we were a kid." We we sometimes like don't take those moments and that pleasure in that because we get wrapped up in the industry and seeing seeing that it's constantly like that for me because i it's hard it's so hard to see the forest from the trees it's like you know when Mm -hmm. 
it, it's, it's like I said, it's like when you get a cool thing, you don't even have time to savor it. You're just thinking it's honestly, it's like you've worked so hard and it, it, I hope that people don't listen to this and think that like, we're just fucking, you know, just placating and being ridiculous about our careers. Cause you know, I've done nothing. I've really accomplished nothing as on the grand scheme of things. And I don't think that I'm some sort of fucking God's gift to metalcore or anything. But when you get a thing, you've worked so hard to get that thing. Yeah, it's important to be proud like, of that. But you, you've worked so hard that by the time you get it, you're like, oh, God, all right, good. And then you just move on. Yeah, you go, uh, what's next? Okay, let's go to the next. Right. You know, it's that, it's that old, uh, like, people go, people always say to me, did you get to, like, cross off all your bucket list thing? And I'm like, man, I kicked that bucket years ago, and I just started the putting other ends. things yeah, into I, it. I, yeah, the bucket doesn't end. Yeah. You know what I mean? The bucket doesn't end. You know, I said to someone the other day, you know, well, you know, someone had asked about like, you know, that wasn't familiar with anything I'm doing now and was like, you know, what are you trying to hope to accomplish? And I'm like, honestly, now I want to put on like, I want to put on concerts where there's a costume change. Yeah, right. I change. <laughs> right. Like I, I go and I yeah. change, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, my, like I want to, I want to play for an hour and a half with interviews. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want production, like, but the, the bucket is, it, it's never empty, you constantly. But that's can't. the kind of person, so that's I the kind of person that, that you are, and the kind of person that I am, and the kind of person that Will is, and the kind of right. person that Pat from Fit for an Autopsy is, or these people that, like, never stop. It's like, it doesn't matter. Right. It's like, when we started Great American Ghost, I remember sitting at the table with, I remember sitting at a dinner table with, um, at Chili's, because, of course, I was nice. at Chili's. This is you know pre-vegan yeah. so ba- your baby your baby boy was eating a burger or some shit and uh right don't hate no, no one no one vegan yeah, you gotta come right yeah now, you please. gotta come from somewhere so i just remember like sitting at the table with joey and a bunch of fucking dudes that definitely aren't in the band now and uh like 12 guitar players ago and we sat there and it was right when the band was starting and we just talked about like the goals of what we wanted to do. Cause that's what you do. That's the fun thing. When you first start a band, it's like, let's do, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And our goals yeah. were like, maybe we can sign a good fight. And then we would love to go to Europe. Those were like the two goals. Yeah. And then like play a van, show it. at the palladium was probably one of them, which I think we did, but I don't think we were friends then or <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah I, I guess i guess the internet we've actually never uh talked about it which i guess we could probably do a whole entire podcast mm. on the lineage and friendship um like pyramid of ethan and davy but there was a uh about a five-year period that me and you uh were mortal, mortal. <laughs> mortal. Uh, or or just or just two very headstrong people that were kind of too stubborn to like figure stuff out in their yeah, friendship. It, it um, ended because so, I forgot it, why it, I was mad at you. We did. We Okay, so this is how it ended. And I, I would love to publicly say this because uh, it's awesome. Me and you were in the same. You filled in for yeah. an end uh, at the Vanna last show. Right, which I got um, so many phone calls about. Every, Everyone was like us. Right, everyone was so concerned. Me and you were gonna fist fight. I'm gonna, I'm like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight my, uh, you know, former best friend of ten years at my yeah. farewell show of my band that I've been in. Yeah. Come on, get out of here. Um, and uh, so we were in a backstage with it was just us, and the yeah, Black Blues Boys, and then yeah. little by little, like we had we divided the band in half. We're talking, and then little by little, everyone left. I looked at you, and he looked at me, and I was like, "What's up, dude?" And, like put out our arms yeah. and just hugged each other, and it was like. 
over. Yeah, you know yeah. what I, mean? I think actually, I think um, Noctilus is still standing there. And I remember Brian being like, what is happening? He was like so confused. Yeah, no, no one. Yeah, because it's like not something like we talked about. Like no one knows the gravity and the weight of that exact moment. And here's like just our mutual gang of friends that are like, what's up, everybody? What's going on? We're all friends here, right? I'm yeah. Like, and then I remember after you know? I was in the backstage of the Palladium which is like, for people who've never been back there, it's like three levels of, of backstage. But it's like rooms. And I remember I was back there, and I, I didn't know what room you guys were in. I think you were in all three, technically, and then, like, Knock Loose was in one or some shit. Yeah, well, listen, listen. when, you, uh, when you're uh, okay. out in the Palladium for your farewell show, you get to have, <laughs> you all get your yeah, own right, dressing rooms, right, you know what I'm right. saying? So, yep. you know... I actually, I, I, I don't even know. I don't think I was in the dressing room. No, you weren't. So I went so upstairs no to like try and find you, and I walked into one of the dressing rooms that like contained everyone in your like in your group, and they all just like completely yeah. stopped and like turned and looked at me, <laughs> and I was like, "Is Davy? Yeah, you know what? Never mind." And I just walked out. <laughs> and they, I don't know what they thought I was looking. I don't know why they, what they thought I was doing or if I what I was looking for. But I just was like, yeah, yeah you know what? Never. Mind. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, we'll yeah. deal with this another time. But uh, it, it, you know, we we've uh, you know that's the cool thing about you know I think <clears throat> a lot of the touring industry and, and music industry in general is I think that like I think that when we kind of weren't friends anymore, we kind of were still on this like path together. We still played shows. We still did other things. And I think that you know I honestly think that like traveling around the world and, and, and seeing, you know, just how different people live their lives, regardless if you become friends. I'm not saying that you like become friends or, you know, whether you're introverted or extrovert, none of that matters. What really matters is seeing how other people live their lives and just getting experience in the world. You all of a sudden are like, none of these stupid things I cared about in my hometown, like matter. Like none of this, none of this matters. I don't know why I, I went so long um you know with yeah again like we just forgot about everything so we're like okay so we're just reset now we're good yeah. like okay awesome like let's just not do this again so which is kind of funny and kind of plays into our current state of the world right now um depending on when people will listen to this um uh we are currently in our our covid yep. pandemic and uh everyone is freaking and you know i think i mean a big part of why i even started this like podcast was just to be able to continue to put, you know, positive energy into, um, you know, the world and, and myself and everything else. So um, kind of coming into like this subject now um, it's interesting because we are in an industry where we thrive during any other normal times, you know, even people like experiencing, you know, things that are laid off. Like we still like, entertainment and auxiliary things have been like a place where you go to escape right. all of these things. And now none of us have jobs. None of us are touring. None of us are playing music. I mean, I know I'm not, I'm not speaking. I'm sure that, you know, you also um, help run a merch business and I'm sure that bands have printed a bunch of merch and now they're not going on tour and everything is like kind of slammed to a halt. How does that like put a perspective on things for you at least your record's been out for a month and i'm sure there's like this plan like all these plans in the works and these tours in the works and you know i'm sure this week has been the craziest for phone calls and emails between agents and uh you know managers and bands and so how is this like 
how has this affected you? I also know that you were like, sent me a picture of yourself with a face mask on yesterday and couldn't do the podcast. So uh, you're also, you're also getting tested. This kind of stuff. So how have you, how have you found this? Yeah. So I mean, it's, um, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tears to it. I mean, first, first and foremost, Great American Ghost just got off the road. We were on the road with a band called Body Snatcher from Florida. And, uh, we had a great tour and everything was awesome. And then we got home March 3rd and then it started kind of like happening. Like it started kind of ramping up a little. And then when I got home, it was like, it was pretty much in full in full go mode. So um, great American ghost had gotten off the road and we had paid our bills and blah, blah, blah. But it definitely, now being like you know 18 days after which is crazy that it's only been fucking 18 days the longest 18 days of my life and uh but now it's like it's getting to the point where we have you know a show that we announced with hatebreed which i want to play because it's it's just wild to play a show with hatebreed but like it's being i'm sure that it's being discussed that that show doesn't even happen and then like you know we have another show in the summer with some really close friends of ours that is a huge fucking deal. Yes. A, 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 I would say one of maybe the biggest. Yeah. So um, like that, I'm still, we're still like looking at, and I got to tell you that I spoke to the person who, you know, is my connection to that situation yesterday. And he kind of said like, you know, they're, they're just kind of waiting, but it's luckily it's far, far enough out that hopefully it won't be like negatively affected, but, all that stuff is being thought about. And then we had a tour in the summer that we were going up for that we were going out for. And then now that whole thing has been paused. Like it's been both the busiest week and the most dead week that I've experienced in the music industry, because Mm -hmm. it's like, you almost can't send an email because there's nothing to be done. Like there's no, unless you're putting out content, there's nothing to be done because first of all, the entire spring has reshuffled, but we don't know when it's going to happen again. So everybody's just kind of standing around this tour that we had in the summer now looks totally different because there's a bunch more bands available and there's a bunch more different things are happening. And, you know, a lot of bands have rescheduled to the summer. So it's like, it's this strange feeling like it's strange. It's, so strange. Right it's, it's, it's scary. It's weird. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, you set up like, you know, we, uh, you know, Trove is all recorded, set up on a record cycle to release. We had a tour in the summertime and, you know, same as everybody else. Everyone's like, wait, what? Like, okay. I've seen some bands announce stuff for like, like, uh, you know, like July, August. I've seen bands like, hey, our November, December tours and started focusing. But like, but I guess the, re- the reality of the situation is that no one really knows when to do anything. So I think it's going to be this constant, like, Hey, we're gonna try this. Oh, looks like it's not gonna be happening. Sort of like let's try it again. Let's try it again. It's interesting because not a lot of people understand how tours are done, you know, and created. But this changes the entire playing field of, you know, how bands are gonna be able to like do what they're supposed to do. Um, it's just a strange, strange time. All the venue workers here um, are, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Um, you know. Small businesses are closed. Um, I talked to my neighbors for the first time in a year and a half over here. People are like, kind of like, yeah, but people are like, kind of starting to like realize that, like, 
the status quo, the norm is just not going to be the norm for a while. Um, so people are, you know, the people are starting podcasts. Um, you know, musicians are, musicians are, you know, I, I watched Ben Gibbard and um, uh, from Death Cab do an entire um, like live stream from his uh, house, which was incredible. Anthony Green did one. Chris Connolly did one. Chris um, Connolly so there's a lot of um, sweater and like wouldn't play any Saves the Day song. He was wearing sunglasses <laughs> yeah. inside with lights on and he was yeah, yeah. he's a he's a crazy person um which i i, I adore him he only played that. like two times um, everyone's kind of being, fuck that was yeah just but not like just deep cuts from the <laughs> today like yeah. b-sides you know um but everyone's kind of like you know kind of you know losing it a little it's, bit hey, and it's to, like, scary dude i mean like, like our record came out a month stuff. ago yeah. and i don't know when the next time we're gonna be on the road is and that is fucking terrifying like you know everybody that's how you make your money. So like I, in, in my head, I'm like, we need money. And I'm like, how the fuck are we going to make money? And then, you know, on top of all that, um, I, I work for a merch company. And so the day, you know, the day that music died part two or whatever, when everybody fucking canceled their tour, um, <laughs> it was like, I mean, we had, we had 12 bands out with full merch spreads that canceled whole tours. It's like, you know, a couple Australian bands that we had out that were like, we don't have any money. So like, sorry, we don't have any money to pay you. And this tour is over. And we're, we just kind of had to be like, all right, well, we'll see you when you come back. Like, we'll just send you the merch again. And it's been, that's been difficult. I mean, we've had a lot of like online store openings, but that's even that's finite because people are out of work. So it's like, how much money are they really going to spend on a yeah, but- hoodie right now when you yeah, who's going to buy stuff? You know, there's a very small percentage of people who are not being affected by this, who have been very, very gracious and awesome and offering to help and sending nice messages and stuff. So, I mean, I guess, you know, bands right now have to rely on the, the graces of their fans to help them out, but like even their fans are struggling. So which poses the question of like, you know, what is, what is anybody to do? Because I mean, you, we both know this, a outstanding merch bill that like, oh, you say you're doing a big tour. So you order like, you know, you do what you do a, you know, a, a 5k to like 20k, yeah. you know, order uh, that could cripple a band. If they don't sell that merch and it's, that's it. Like that could cripple a band. And then if that band doesn't make any money, you know, it could cripple your business because your business isn't making money and you've already printed this stuff and you're out everything. So the landscape of everything is just really like really strange right now. So what would you say the best, if someone wanted to support Great American Ghost or their favorite band, what would be the best thing that they could do? I mean, I think that everybody knows that the best thing that they could do is, is buy merch, like buying merch directly from the band or from whatever store that they run is the best way to support them because I mean, I know that for us at Downright Merch where I work, um, we do like a lot, we do a lot of different situations, but um, for example, like if a band has an outstanding merch bill, every single sale that they make goes towards that merch bill. And then after that, we just charge to ship the thing out. Like we just charge shipping and then the rest of the bunny goes to the band. So like, buying merch is the most direct way to support a band that you like like streaming is cool i want people to stream my record mostly just because i want them to hear it but we're never going to see money from streaming and unless you leave my record on while you sleep or every waking moment of every day which i which i welcome 
right? Desperate times, bro. Right. Desperate which times, call for desperate welcome, measures. Let's do know, it. Power through slumber, but like, <laughs> oh my god, that's not the first time. That's you've the first said. time. I no said that. first time. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Boom, baby. Wow. Podcast wow. brings out the best wow. in me, Poppy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really um, does. Yeah, the best way to support a band is to buy their merch, and then. On top of all of this bullshit, cool. I uh, worked for a couple days when I got home from tour, and then some guy at my job site had COVID nineteen. So I am I am currently speaking to you from fourteen day current uh, quarantine, where I cannot leave my room in my home. I cannot leave my house. Um, I am I am like dude. Fourteen days later, bro, you're gonna wake up and I know. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna. I'm going to be the guy from Peaky Blinders. I'm going to have a shitty haircut. Um, that's actually, that part's actually true. I'm definitely going to have a shitty haircut when I emerge from this fucking thing. But yeah, dude, like I, oh, you know, I live with my brother on like this weird compound thing. And he's like making me food and serving it to me through like a fucking uh, uh, window. You know, like it's like, it's real life, dude. It's fucking <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it's real here. I I I, uh, I am quite upset at everyone that I see that are still at, like you know at, like out and just living their lives. Yeah, and like, it's yeah. fun. I won't get affected. Like uh, me and me and all my friends are out of biz, like out of work because of this. Like the least you can do is just stay home and like binge watch well, Love Island or so, something like so, that. Yeah, um, right, which, which is, is a great show, doing, so. and everyone should watch it. Um, so do good. you watch the English version or the American so version? Good. The wow. Australian version, you. my friend. Yeah, I'm I'm only Aussie. I don't do anything else. The UK ones, Dude, accents yeah. are, you know, yes. this your mother is from the UK. The UK accents are sometimes like I'm like, can we go up the I don't that person to person now. That accent I can't understand. I'm like, they sound like a tr- yeah, like this girl is super like this girl, this guy like oh, super attractive. Yeah. They open their mouths and they just like are trolls. What's funny are is that? What's funny is that so from growing up with my mother being English and she's a she's a northern uh, a northerner, so she has like a very soft, gentle accent. Yeah, it's very it's, nice. It's so but, nice. Um, it's so nice. So when I watch that show, I like know their accents and I also know what other people say about them. So it like it makes it way better. So like when yeah. somebody talks with like some shitty southern a southern London accent, I can just see my mother being like, Oh, they are disgusting. Just like totally grossed out by it. Jud- judging them for their location yes, yes. on the map they're yeah. from in in the uk oh absolutely absolutely so um okay so to wrap this up um i want to thank you for being with me and chilling um so i'm doing this little thing with all of uh my guests uh especially during this time now i want you to give me uh five songs or records that are like kind of like getting you through your time and then five like shows or movies or some sort of content that you love. So start with music, top five music that's getting you. Um, right now. Okay. So I, I haven't, I, I'm weird. I don't like walk around my house and like listen to music. Like when I'm like quarantined, I guess, but I will say that, um, yeah, I will say that today, this is day three for me. So today I, um, mm-hmm. I listened to Slipknot for a while, so Slipknot is one. Um, I always Good. listen to Mazzy Star because Mazzy Star, uh, I fucking love, love Mazzy Star so much. She is a cocaine fueled genius. Um, yeah, very, oh very early nineties. <laughs> um, no, no bras ever, but that's not what I like about her. Um, no, we don't. I still right. listen to Taylor Swift on a daily basis. 
because I think she's okay, wonderful. I think she's yes. the Bob Dylan of our time. You can quote me on that. <laughs> it's, it's brother. It's quoted. The yeah. internet I stand by it. We want to talk about it. I'm fucking down. Um, I finally decided that I was going to uh, listen to the new Menzingers, which I have not been. Uh, I have not been listening to. I don't know why. No, I've been haven't listened to it. I've been weird. I just, like, I just have been avoiding it. Um, but now I'm I'm finally I'm finally getting to it. Uh, can I list? I'm gonna list two more because there's no fucking rules. I don't care about anything. Okay, there's no rules. Right. The world's ending. Um, doesn't matter. So then I've been listening to which is this is gonna be the douchiest response in history. But I just realized that the Stooges are the hardest band in history. Um, I just think that okay. E Pop is the fucking man. I just think he's like so sick. He's so sick that like yeah, I mean, my man like checks into the Ritz Carlton hotel with no shirt on and no one says shit to him. And then also like, he's just randomly been around for some of the most, I mean, he is arguably one of the most important figures in rock and roll, but he's also just been around for like a bunch of really important shit that's happened in rock and roll. Like he just sits and reads while like David Bowie writes rebel rebel. But, um, so I've been listening. Yeah. Just he's, he's, he's always right. And uh, 1969 is such a hard song. Everyone should listen to it. And then, uh, I've listened to Loathe. I really like that Loathe band, which like get in line. Oh, that, yeah, everybody that else fucking likes like that Loathe awesome. band too. But um, I've been listening to Loathe because I just think that they're cool. I just like, I like the way they do everything. And I think they're cool. I know people say that they sound like Deftones, which they do. But I honestly think that like they sound like Deftones if Corey from uh, Norma Jean was in Deftones. Yeah, I can see that. Which he's done a kind of he's done Norma Jean and uh, Chino have done like things. He produced like a record, and there's definitely times on that load record where I'm thrown back. I think it's the uh, what's the Norma Jean record that? Um, uh, I just wanted no, to say that because Maradona that, uh, was so good. Ch- Ch- yeah, yeah, that the record's incredible. Um, but uh, Chino worked on on one of the. Um, Anti mother, really? I think he worked on Anti mother. I could be wrong. I'm gonna have Norma Jean. I'm gonna have Norma Jean fans tweeting at me like What's telling that? me I'm going to hell. I mean, um, get in line. Uh, but he he did, <laughs> he did right. He did a couple tracks with them, and some of that, some of that loathe stuff. And that's and that's sick. And that, I, that I, stuff, I, so I that is that meant to be awesome. a compliment, not a not a indictment on them. Oh no, uh, no, an absolute compliment. Yeah, there's no, there's no real, there's no real non-compliments when it comes to uh, Norwegian records. So, all right, and then um, five oh, things yeah. you've been watching. All right, so I've been TV. watching Ugly Delicious. Um, okay. because oh, I love, right. yeah, you know this love about it. me. I like love cooking shows in this like weird way. Um, uh, absolutely. I'm doing this thing mm-hmm. where so I'm I'm literally in quarantine, which is whack, but I'm trying not to watch like movies. You know, like I'm trying not to watch like movies every moment mm-hmm. of my day yeah. because I definitely could, but I'm like trying to refrain from doing such things so that I don't like, you know, become truly a piece of shit. Um, so I'm like doing it once a day. Yes. So I watched Ugly Delicious for a while. That movie is great. And then, I mean, that show is wonderful. And then I watched, um, I watched Apocalypse Now um, today. I'm trying to watch. Very. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> I'm trying to watch. Um, I made a, a list because I'm a fucking nerd and I make lists. But I made a list of all the movies that I've always wanted to see, and uh, never have. So Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse That's Now time. is on there. And then also when I found out that I was, I was uh, going into a two week fucking 
you know, bubble as I am going into, um, I was pretty upset. So I decided to watch my happy movies and, uh, my happy movies are, mm. uh, land of the lost, um, hot sub time machine. <sighs> yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was, Oh yeah. The interview is, uh, is my last one. So there you go. Yeah. Good I my list. Very good list. Well, I hope, I hope, hope people try to take that into consideration as we're locked down. Well, my friend, um, this will be one of many conversations we have uh, on yeah. the phone. This one just got recorded. Um, but I, I love you very much. I'm very proud of you. And uh, thank you for taking some time out of your day. Oh, yeah, I am shocked have- all the time. But hey, I love you. Very proud of you. Uh, I'm glad that you're doing this. And I'm honored to uh, be a part of it. Hey, thanks for listening to My Actual Dude podcast. If you're loving what you're hearing, please subscribe on Anchor FM or anywhere else that you subscribe to your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at My Actual Dude. Send me a DM with some guests you'd love to hear and some topics you'd love to know about. Thanks, my dudes.